This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Lachelle Adkins, America's supermom, who is not only the mom of 15 children, she has a passion to impact the world. Lachelle is an entrepreneur, coach, and podcast host that believes every person has the ability to make a fresh start in their life like she did. You see, after three hospitalizations for depression, Lachelle realized that she was the only one that could change her outcomes. She invested in herself, and she wants to help you do the same to develop a fresh start for your life. The second annual Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to the University of Indianapolis, Saturday, February the 29th, 2020. Use this one extra day in 2020 to invest in you. This year's theme for the Leadership Summit is Change the World. So join us on Saturday, February 29, 2020 in the Health Pavilion to gain the inspiration you need to change the world. Get your tickets now, as there will be limited seating. Go to everydayleaders.com and let's change the world together. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, Lachelle Adkins, America's Supermom. Thanks for coming on Everyday Leaders today. Thank you for having me, Melanie. Oh. I feel like I'm okay, so I'm excited to be here. <laughs> this is so wonderful. You know, so many of my guests, I don't know personally, I've never seen you in person to give you a huge hug, but we have yes. so much passion around life. And I love you, and I'm so excited to share your story. Many people may look you up and say, where did you live? Where did you start? And mm-hmm. you're, a, you're a Hoosier, so that is connected to awesome. my heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you went to you went to high school in, in Indiana. That's correct. North Central High School. I'm an alumni of the Panthers. Yay. And so your yes. family is still here in Indianapolis. You you visit Indianapolis quite often to reconnect yes. with family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, my mom is there, and she is uh, a widow. So I want to make sure that I, you know, keep up with her. And she is uh, taking care of uh, one of our great aunts, who's actually 95. Wow. So uh, her life has just kind of uh, changed and transformed over the last few years, so I like to try to come home at least once a quarter so I can check in on her, Yeah, see how she's doing. Mm-hmm. Well, part of our goal, too, I know you were just recently in Indianapolis for a class reunion, and mm-hmm. and so, you know, people that care about those things, right, nurturing people, and I want to get mm-hmm. really deep into your, your whole theme of who you are branded-wise in mm-hmm. um in, in social media. And so I love this because you think about how you create your own brand and how you step mm-hmm. into your purpose. And, mm-hmm. and when you talk about, you know, your mom nurturing your aunt, this is, this mm-hmm. is part of your authentic journey, right? Right. Absolutely. And you've mm-hmm. watched this and you've modeled this in your life. And so for people that don't know you and, and so I want them to connect to you today in this leadership journey of how you manage your life, manage your time, brand yourself to be mm-hmm. America's supermom, right? America's mm-hmm. supermom. Now, that's not just having one kid, two kids, three kids. <laughs> you have 15 children. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I know. I laugh because it is, it's like remarkable. 
you know, I just didn't imagine that, you know, growing up. And sometimes to say it, it sounds like a lot, even though when I live it every day, it just doesn't seem like a lot. You know, I just have a personal attachment with each one of them where I know them. I have a relationship with them. So it just doesn't seem like it's that many. But yeah, that's true. Well, you live your life every day. Most of us, right? We live our life because we're in it. And we don't mm-hmm. really see how other people see us and say, how do right. you manage, right? And you and I yeah. think really we're, we're people of faith, so I can say this, but God only gives you the capacity that he prepares you for, right? Yes. And, and so mm-hmm. when, you were, when you were young, did you think about like, okay, I want to get married and I want to have two kids or three kids or four mm-hmm. kids? What did that look like for you in your mind? Well, you know, for me, this is so um, life uh, shattered. You know, I guess it's just one of the things that my family recalls when I was younger, because I spent a lot of summers with my maternal grandmother who had 12 children, Mm -hmm. that I always wanted a big family. Now, you know, I recall it being a little different. So when my husband and I got married, we wanted to have five, and it just grew to 15. So... Um, I think it was just a very organic journey because of my faith. Um, Just a little bit even further backstory is that 11 of the 13 that I birthed were natural, no pain medicine. Um, I just went through that experience. And the last two, I had to have a C-section because I was high risk over 40. So even just that journey of having natural childbirth, a lot of people are like, what, 11 kids? But I had all of them the same way. I didn't know any different, you know. So my first one was natural. I didn't experience it. So it seemed like it was, you know, something I was already prepared for because I had experienced it the first time. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's just being open to what God has for you. That really was my mindset. With having children, I was really convicted about birth control, which is a very hot topic for a lot of people, um, because the Lord was blessing me with these healthy children. And for me to experience a natural childbirth, um, regardless of the number of kids we had and my husband's affiliation, even in the military, because he was a reservist and he worked full time um, while I stayed home, every delivery, my husband was there. And so for that to happen that many times, you know, just middle of the night, in the afternoon, whatever it was, you know, we always enjoyed that, you know, time of welcoming another addition to our family. So for me, that was phenomenal. And for God to orchestrate it that way, I was like, you know, I'm just going to be open to whatever God says. So that's really how that organically came about. Mm -hmm. Well, tell people a little bit more about your uh, so what you do today, your family, how it's connected in the community, because you're not in Indianapolis any longer. You're right. in, you're in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so uh, bring us on that journey of you're down there and, and how, what you do every day in the community to influence, um, you know, leadership. And because you guys are very connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let me just go back to my personal journey was. Um, dealing with depression, anxiety, uh, overwhelm. So I was raised an only child, even though I wanted to have um, children. Um, That whole dynamic of knowing what a stay-home mom is and what a stay-home mom does, I didn't have that example. My mom was career-oriented. She had her own business. She um, managed her own business. State Farm Agency, you know, so all growing, most of my uh, growing up, she had her own business. She, you know, had a staff that worked for her and everything. And so uh, I got a real quick dose of what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And uh, I was on that journey. I, you know, went through the School of Business at Indiana University, met my husband there. So that was really what my mission was. It was like, you know, I'm going to be this career person. I wanted to be a corporate attorney. And then, boom, had kids, and life took me on another turn and um, was raised to be very competitive. Um, You know, during the time that I went to school, I was in a lot of gifted programs. 
because I really thrived on education. That was one of the things my mom pushed with me because she had a large family and that was her avenue of getting out of the poverty type mindset. So uh, I was always excelling academically. And so I just thought, well, you know what? I did this with academics. I can just do this with my family, having this, you know, real gung-ho, I can do it type attitude, work hard. And needless to say, that took me on a downward spiral because I was trying to please people. I was seeking validation, that reward, that pat on the back, and uh, be it from my husband, my kids, or even strangers. And so as a result, I just kept this constant level of some form of depression. So I was functionally depressed. So I would always still go to these events with the kids that they have soccer. I'm soccer mom doing all these different things, Mm -hmm. really burning the candle at both ends, but inside a basket case. So needless to say, it kind of came to a head. I was hospitalized uh, not once or twice, but three times. And I learned after my third hospitalization that, you know, I'm the common denominator. You know, I can walk around with this victim mindset and live defeated, or I can say, you know, what is my actual role in this? What is some similarities? How can I fix this? And so I went on this journey to create my own strategy, and I coined it the FRESH uh, START strategy. So FRESH is an acronym that I used to conquer like five key areas Mm -hmm. that were going on in my life to kind of help me get out of that mindset of being a victim and transfer that to being a victor. And so now I am passionate about through coaching, podcasts, um, I'm active in the school system um, to help people empower themselves to change their situation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we see what we want. We just don't know how to get there. And A lot of times when we're comparing ourselves to other people, we bury who we are, that voice that gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And so we're trying to follow everybody else's formula that just doesn't work for us. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to help people realize, you know what, you already know what you have to do. It's just getting with people that resonate with your message or they feel the same way you do so that you can be encouraged and recognize you don't have to do this on your own. And you can begin to live a more fulfilled life. But man, isn't that scary? Because so when you talk about this, right, it, because you've empowered mm-hmm. your own self and mm-hmm. through realizing that your journey was going to look different, right? Because mm-hmm. so many times we do, we, we go to college and we say, this is the way our life is going to be. This is how we see right. it. And when things mm-hmm. start to change, mm-hmm. it's really uncomfortable. Change is hard. And and saying, we're going to change the world, we're going to change our behavior, we're going to change our attitude. Well, mm-hmm. that looks easy on paper, right? We can talk a good yeah. talk. But yeah. when you go through that, the fears that you have at each of those stages, that's mm-hmm. that's what's real, right? And that's where people need coaches. They need the right environment. They need to get the right mindset. They need the right training. Mm-hmm. And without that, you know, and, and that's where you come as a nurturer, Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because it's protecting people in that uncomfortable zone and giving them a strategy to live through. Yes. Okay, great. You can get to this level and you can get to the next level. And then how does that feel? Right. And, mm-hmm. and evaluating that process. Um, mm-hmm. You talk a lot, um, Lachelle, on your podcast with people because you interview a lot of people. And so mm-hmm. like me, we have that passion to learn from others. And, mm-hmm. and then applying that, right? And so so understanding yes. how you teach your kids about these same things. Because as a America super mom, right, you look like mm-hmm. to me and my husband teaches me and teases me all the time about having spinning plates. <laughs> so the visual right. is, right, you're standing there with all these plates. And I see you with 15 kids just balancing them on your head and your hands and, and your feet. Right. <laughs> But, but people kind of go, I'm sure if they're listening to this, they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, yeah. how do you breathe? How is your mm-hmm. what's your structure of time management to be able yeah. to accomplish all these things that you're doing with what it looks like with ease? Mm-hmm. 
So for me, it's all about collaboration, which is something that I learned later uh, rather than sooner. And the whole, well, and I've, some of the things I've implemented from the kids ever since they were younger. So, for example, I don't really run around and say, hey, you're going to be good at this and you're going to do it this way and all that. I have, um, my husband and I together have created a system where our kids serve as role models to each other. So they pursue things that they like. We just ensure that everybody supports them on that. So if they decide they want to do soccer, then, you know, we get their schedule. And whenever the games are, everybody uh, participates in being there and, you know, helping out with going to practice or whatever the case is to have that visual support and that presence there. Um, You know, we put them out front to do public speaking. So my husband's a pastor. So there'll be times that we'll have them come up and do a prayer or uh, do, uh, do an educational message or moment or something like that. We try to mold them in a manner that they are leaders to one another. And so this kind of helps a lot with uh, the portion with being able to train them. But um, I had the mindset of thinking, you know, I'm the mom, I got to do this, I got to do that. And it was really hard for me to let go, which is another thing with the depression. So I felt like I had to have my hand in every child's development. And of course, that's impossible. You know, so when you have more than two, you know, you just know you can't be everywhere all the time. So collaboration is really important in terms of taking those small pockets of time and maximizing the impact or leveraging that for something else. So uh, we don't, we celebrate Christmas, but Christmas is not a time where everybody is really individualized. You know, we try to focus on the meaning behind the holiday. However, their birthdays, each one of them has a different birthday. So we really focus in on uh, letting them know that they are special. You know, we try to have a meal with them just with mommy and daddy so that they can have their time to be an individual, not have to share the attention of others. And so it's little things that we try to make more impactful, knowing the uh, large, you know, community it is, even with our own household that we have to serve. Mm -hmm. So kind of remembering that and trying to keep a balance with that. And then just planning. Go ahead. No, I just I love this because as you as you are talking through this, I think the similarities that we also share are being single children. And so Mm -hmm. as you talk about Mm -hmm. this responsibility of kind of showing them the power that they have a unique design in the world, that they are Mm -hmm. designed for something great and something Mm -hmm. unique and you want to celebrate that on their birthday, right? And then Mm -hmm. other holidays are shared as a group, right? You're sharing the purpose. And so I think Mm -hmm. that is so important because uh, many people that are only children that have then had these families, it's, you know, you're not just showing up as, well, this is what I learned before. This is how you need to share. This is how you're saying individually, if you can be Mm -hmm. empowered to show up as yourself, I think that Mm. is the critical message that you're delivering to them is Mm -hmm. be unique, be yourself, design your life around what your strengths are. And then you can show up in the world and give back something really special. That is so true. Oh, so that's so important that you're doing that. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things of recognizing that, you know, the bond that you have, you know, I always tell uh, the children that you know, you should be safe at home, you know, and I think one of the things for me is going through the transition of recognizing that I had a platform, you know, because we were uh, pursued from a reality um, production companies in the past. Mm -hmm. So um, they came to film us, do a scissor reel and everything. And, you know, needless to say, when we got to the contracts and the things they were asking, which were crazy, you know, we decided that wasn't for us. But um, knowing that one of the things that I really um, try to um, show everybody, because, you know, I do my little Facebook lives, is the concept that I'm telling them is behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so I'm having these authentic conversations to tell you what it's really like about whatever, because we're going through highlight reels. You know, when people are posting stuff on social media, you know, this is after the lighting has been on point, the lipstick is just right, the shirt's iron, you know, because we want to put our best foot forward. Mm -hmm. So I try to engage with my audience and tell them, hey, this is the behind the scenes stuff. So today I may not be feeling well, but the message is still the same because don't get distracted in everything being so perfect because you'll miss out on your journey and the real authentic things that can happen with your growth because it's not always in a pretty presentation, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, and that, so, that's so true and it's so important, but you know, in the world that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is on social media, everything. Mm -hmm. There's a camera mm -hmm. everywhere. And, and so when you think about, you know, you really have to check yourself and you have to say, if you don't begin to believe in yourself, mm -hmm. and, and I teach this in one of the John Maxwell books, it's my favorite book, and it's how I designed this podcast. <laughs> but it's mm -hmm. the 15 laws of growth, the 15 invaluable laws of growth. And chapter three talks about the mirror and how we, mm -hmm. how we see ourselves right, is how we mm -hmm. show up in the world. Mm -hmm. And so helping people believe in themselves first right, allows them to show up authentically. Mm -hmm. And it just, if you learn that early, and you talk about collaboration, if you learn that kind of process early with a coach or with a class or with however you figure that out, and kind mm -hmm. of and, and kind of let the perfectness, right, <laughs> escape. Yes and be authentic, that allows you to collaborate and show up into the world in such a bigger capacity. So true. Because, you know, you're not seeking that validation. You know, uh, I was just uh, dealing with a coaching client last night. And, you know, I, uh, the question I posed was, what does success mean to you? And, you know, we naturally, a number of people gravitate to finances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is just such a uh, constrained way of looking because, you know, you're dealing with that being the only source of what success is. Mm -hmm. And so it really closes you off because you're trying to figure out how you're going to finance this success rather than just dreaming about what success is. Mm -hmm. So if you say, what does success mean? Well, I can travel, I can do all this. That's so much lighter because you're just dreaming. And so then you think, okay, well, traveling is, am I saying traveling uh, over the United States or traveling internationally? What am I saying? Once you begin to probe deeper, you begin to see how you can accomplish something as big as traveling with something that you could do every day. I'm going to travel to, um, you know, every little area um, within my state, you know, once a month, I'm going to take a little, you know, three-day weekend or so, and I'm going to travel, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can accomplish that mission if you are focused on what the mission is more so than thinking about how you're going to finance it, mm -hmm. you know? And so if you have that mindset, then you begin to change your thinking, get around different people, meet different people, and then it snowballs from there. Yep. It's all about mm -hmm. your intention, you know, and, mm. and, and so how do you, cause I'm sure none of your kids are the same, <laughs> right? No. <laughs> so no. would you take your gifts that you've been given? So to be able to really hone in on teaching your kids values and lessons and thinking about the brand of America's super mom, mm -hmm. that's a pretty cool title. Right. Because that that connects to every single person that says, well, we can do this. We can be powerful. We can empower our kids. But mm -hmm. every single one of those has a different need. Right. So as a nurturer and as a coach, right, this comes into being a great coach because mm -hmm. you have to show up for them as they need you to meeting them mm -hmm. where they are. And so I want you to talk about the not the maybe the fear, but how you gauge that to show up 
because we do this for clients, right, as coaches, mm-hmm. and you have to mm-hmm. be able to ask those questions to them that make them think about, right, the decisions that they're going to make next in their life. And so, right. and so I'm sure that you use that to validate, like that's what makes you a great uh, person to interview people and to be mm-hmm. a coach to people and to be a leader for people because mm-hmm. you really want to understand how am I going to help you and nurture you to get where you want to go, where your goals are, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's been so the I, challenge for you? I want to just ask you for the challenge for all these 15 different personalities that are living under your house. <laughs> right. I think, you know what, it was really challenging prior to my last hospitalization because I had a mindset that, okay, I'm the mom and I want what's best for them. So if they follow my path, we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it's like, okay, wait a minute. She's doing something different. And uh, what does he do? What, where is he at? You know, so once I began to recognize that I really am not here to control my kids, I'm here to love them unconditionally. That's when the tables turn. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was faced with that reality after I kind of got out of my own head and was dealing with me being a victim because I realized not only was I a victim with being hospitalized, you know, I was a stay-home mom. They saw me every day. I've just been in their life constantly. So for me to just be uprooted on three occasions for five or seven days and them not understanding what happened, they were victimized. Mm-hmm. And so... Now the journey is about allowing them to feel comfortable enough to express what it, what they feel like they may be needing or just open enough to ask a question to begin a dialogue about it. Mm-hmm. So it's not me just saying, hey, this is how we're going to do it or whatever. You know, I allow them to kind of take the lead because what I've found is that anytime somebody has an awareness of something just not being where they want it to be, they are in a place to where they are seeking um, an answer and they are motivated to keep following that um, line of thinking until they get an answer, Mm -hmm. just on their own. So if you work with that instead of working against it, you'll accomplish a lot more than trying to reinvent the wheel and do it on your own. Mm -hmm. So... For example, let's just say America Supermom, the title and just the whole mindset. This is something that people may not even think about. So we have the president and I'm not much for speaking on politics, but um, everybody has either they are totally for them or totally against them. So as a mother raising children, there is this certain things that I come from a different platform to teach my kids. So, you know, instead of saying, you know, I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe he's doing that. That's someone's son. That's someone's husband. That's somebody's father. So also the position of the title, that's a place of authority. And just trying to educate my kids in a way to help them be um, great model people to society and recognize that there are certain ways that you resolve conflict, you know, that would probably make a better impact Mm -hmm. rather than doing things that could be polarizing or whatever. So I don't really watch the news. I don't get into all that. And so I really don't have a real personal attachment to whether he's doing good or doing bad, because I recognize that we're all human. Mm -hmm. You know, he's somebody's son. And just like you can have a good president, you might have a bad one. Oh, well, you're going to bounce back from that. You know, it's not the end all be all because you might have a bad president. Okay. So you got to kind of begin to look forward and think how the next one's going to be. What are some things that you're learning from this current Uh, organization that you can implement for the next one. So these are the type of things I have to teach my children that other people may not be aware of, because when you're saying things like, I don't agree with him, or he's just stupid and all these kind of things, that's me, you know, um, in a situation where my kids are not um, 
respect and authority. Mm -hmm. You know, they feel because somebody doesn't agree with them, it's okay to call them a name. Mm -hmm. Uh, All these different things that people don't consider because they may not have young children at home. Mm -hmm. So I have a Mm five-year-old, you know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Mm -hmm. And so I have to raise her to be like, you know what, this may not be, he doesn't, everybody doesn't agree with them, but there's nothing wrong with being president. That's a great position to have. You can influence people because I'm 49. She has to have hope way beyond me because I'm going to be gone, but she's still going to be here. Mm-hmm. So I have to remember that and not get caught up in the moment. I have to think past some of these trials, which make it kind of challenging. Well, and that's what being a leader is all about, right? So what are mm-hmm. when you talk about influence, it's the power of the people around you that say the attitudes that you take, whether you mm-hmm. agree or disagree life changes. So nothing stays the same. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And we're taught that as leaders, we have to be prepared for the changes that come at us. Because it's not how we, it's not how we receive things. It's how we react to things. And, Absolutely. and so teaching your kids this, you know, giving them a fresh start, but a couple of things that I always write down when I listen to you, Lachelle, when you show mm-hmm. up for your guests that you're interviewing, the, the things mm-hmm. that resonate with me are you're consistent in delivering the message of giving people a safe place to show up mm-hmm. and loving them for where they are. Mm-hmm. And those are two keys that you just talked about again with your family, giving them that safe environment and making them understand that no matter how they feel about things, they're always loved and they right. can always share love no matter how they feel about a certain situation. So mm-hmm. those are critical values for people to really mm-hmm. get out of becoming a leader in their life, right? Have mm-hmm. foundational mm-hmm. belief. And when you believe it yourself, then you can mm-hmm. then you can give that, then you can share that. But until you believe that yourself, you don't have right. to give, right? It's the we talk about that cup that if we don't have our cup filled up, we can't pour it out to anyone else. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was me. You know, I thought, oh, this cup is full. I just thought, you know, I'm going through this another day, just assuming that I'm pouring out love to people. And, you know, it just wasn't true until I was able to get on the other side of that and now recognize it. And it's just so much lighter. And, you know, I love the point that she brought up about it being a safe place for people because I just feel like... um There's no judgment. Judgment has totally gone out the window with me when it comes to being on the other side of depression, anxiety, stress, because I really am not seeking validation from people. So it's like I do what I need to do. Like, let's just say this podcast, you know, whatever I needed to do before I got on the podcast, I got that done so that I can be intentional with spending this time with you. I'm not thinking about, okay, well, did the kids eat? Did they have breakfast or, you know, anything else that might go into that? I have done what I can do, what I can control so that I can be intentional at this time. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is such a better place because I'm there to learn. I'm there to uh, continue to involve myself and I'm just soaking it in like a sponge and it's not listening to respond. It's listening to be like, wow, you know, how, what are some strategies that you can help me with? Or maybe you have a way of looking at something that one of my kids do. So now I can understand their perspective because sometimes as a parent, we close them off. It's like, you know what? They're kids. They don't really know what they're talking about, (laughs) but an adult can really have that resonate. So for example, I did a, uh, podcast. This was sometime last year towards the beginning of the year. We were just getting ready to get off the podcast. It was like the end of the recording. And he said something profound about being left-handed. And I have just two kids that are left-handed. So he goes into this thing of talking about how he was thinking. I was like, wow, I just understand that now. This is why maybe my daughter thinks like that or acts like that. And it just we have gotten so much closer as a rela- as a result of just that one conversation. Mm-hmm. But had I been so like, 
okay, well, what question is he going to ask me and all this, <laughs> those organic conversations or whatever would not have come or me be in a space to receive that, you know, and probe deeper. So, yeah. I'm left-handed too. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious that you say that. But you know, it is those things that you go, oh, that's the connection. That's the one thing that you say, mm-hmm. okay, now I can connect to that person because it's a unique property. It's a unique value that you have. Yes. And and so believing that you have that unique design that, you know, mm-hmm. we came to this earth with something that we all have that's supposed to be shared with others. And I think we forget that property of, you know, we're supposed to keep it to ourselves or being, you know, raising a big family that you all have to go through life the same. And so I think going back to that, having a fresh start, you said that in the very beginning. And, Mm -hmm. and so training people to understand whatever it is that they're doing, going through, being able to be challenged by themselves, whatever the past Mm -hmm. is the past, right? We get to have a fresh Mm -hmm. start. Mm Mm-hmm. To be able to really say, what do I need to pour into myself so that I can pour into my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so FRESH really is an acronym. So we can just go through it really quickly. Would love to. So the F is uh, using your fear as fuel. So it's normal to have a fight or flight response. The thing about it that's crazy is that you shouldn't have this about a job. You know, your fight or flight, it's like, okay, is this really going to harm me? Is this going to, you know, really affect my well-being? We have these kind of emotions about everyday things that really don't make any sense. And so it just continues to grow and perpetuate to something bigger if we don't put a stop to it. So you may have a fear like, uh, and so it could be something small like, well, I'm not a public speaker, so I can't have a podcast. You know, that's crazy. You know, uh, what, what if nobody listens or there's no, you know, body who supports it? Or what if I get a topic and, you know, I don't, I'm not well versed in it or whatever. You go into this tangent of all this negative stuff because of that fear. So you allow the fear to kind of paralyze you. And this is your own kind of downward spiral. There's not even anybody interjecting these things. So once you have those situations where that fear comes up, you just need to write everything down. Everything doesn't require a response. So if somebody came to me and said, Lachelle, I want you to speak on the um, psychology of, you know, how rabbits mate with each other and all this. And I'm like, I don't know anything about it. I wouldn't talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I would go do my research before I spoke. So this is the same way we should be with ourselves that we'll just have a thought and then we'll think, oh, I don't know anything about that. We'll go research it. So if you have to write it down, do your research, talk to people who are more well-versed, do all those things. And once you go on that journey, you realize that it's just this issue and it's not anything with you. Okay. You kind of begin to separate your personal, um, feeling about who you are from a isolated issue. Mm-hmm. So if I say I want to do public speaking, I've never done it. I don't know where to begin. Of course, that's fearful because I'm looking at the finished product and I don't even know where to begin. But if I use that fear as fuel and begin to say, okay, who are some people I know that speak publicly? Uh, let me do uh, some research on Google, see what a regular presentation looks like. What are the components of it? As I begin to do my research, I begin to dispel a lot of that fear, Mm -hmm. and then I can move in that direction. So that's the first one. Mm -hmm. R is reframing. So this one is really key because your past uh, cannot be changed. So for me to say, you know, I was hospitalized three times for depression, that's not going to change. What changes is my mindset about that. How am I going to reframe that so that it empowers me to move forward. So in my case, I recognize that not only did I suffer from depression, but thousands of people suffer from it still every day. So I was one of the lucky ones because I was hospitalized. There's some people that committed suicide or they still are battling with this, right? They haven't got on the other side. 
So when I reframe my story, I take out the stuff that doesn't serve me. And then I bring in the things that do. Mm -hmm. So I remember like, you know, oh, I could go through a day and um, I didn't even want to get out of bed. So for me to get up and make my bed was quite an accomplishment. So because I remember that and reframe, I can use those principles when I teach. So you may not feel like getting out of bed today. Let me tell you what helped me. And then I go back and reflect or connect them to the now and the intention so that they can begin to walk away from that path. Mm, Powerful. So, right. So when you reframe the one thing about this, that's key is most people reframe. Well, they don't even reframe. They just want to lock away their past and hope it doesn't show up again. You know? So for me, it's like, I could be like, yeah, I'm America's super mom. I'm a coach. But then later on down the road, hey, weren't you hospitalized for this? And how did you handle that? You know, all these skeletons in the closet, so to speak. But if you take your past and you create the vision that you want for your past and you tell your story the way you want to tell it, it can empower you and it can be impactful for other people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So E is envision. So for me, I had to start out with vision boards, envisioning your accomplishments. So when you're in a place of depression, it's hard to really dream. So the first step is to get a vision board and have other people on your board if you have to. You know, if you have families and the kids are playing and everybody's getting along, whatever the case is, whatever you vision it's good to have a visual because that's one of the ways that your brain um, deals with putting things in its mindset, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, creating images. So I started out with, I had to have these visuals, you know, it may not be me, but it's just something that I could visualize. I began to get those endorphins out and I was thinking about how can I accomplish this? And then from there you can begin to create your own, plan of how you're going to accomplish this. Mm -hmm. So now I do a lot more with words, like I'll do posts and it's like posing a question because I recognize that if you change your mindset, then that's going to be the thing that's going to begin to change your behavior. Because if you think differently, you act differently, you get the results. And then that is like a cycle that you want to repeat. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you just have to meet people where they are. So maybe they got to get the pictures. Before, you know, then after that, they move on to different phases. So the E is envisioning your success. S is important, too, because it's creating a support system or a tribe. So getting around people that have experienced what you've experienced or they see you where you are. So I always talk to my kids about this. So if I go to the grocery store and I meet a stranger and I say, yeah, you know, I'm a millionaire, right? Um, They'll believe I'm a millionaire. People will believe whatever you tell them until you show them something different. Mm -hmm. Now, I just use that as an example because, you know, and to be honest, most millionaires are not going around talking about what they have because they recognize that people gravitate with the wrong mindset of thinking that their stuff they should have access to. You know, so I saw this post that a lion doesn't have to go around saying it's a lion. (laughs) So I try to tell my kids that, you know, if you really are the person that you say, everybody will say that about you rather than you saying it about yourself. Mm -hmm. But I just use that as an example. So if you get with people that see you where you are or they resonate with your potential, those are the type of people that you want to create a new beginning with, so to speak. So for this, this was key for me because I had 13 people still in my home who still saw me the way that I used to be for 46 years. So that can be a situation that, you know, I don't have the luxury of saying I'm changed. Mm-hmm. And then it's thinking that I'm going to have a new family. I'm going to have a new house. Everything's going to be, you know, just peaceful and bliss. No. So I had to create that support system so that I had the patience to have empathy and compassion for however long it takes for each of my children 
to begin to see the change and begin to embrace the change, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. And then the, the last letter is healing. And this is important because it's constant. It's always, it's never ending, you know, so we're doing good. And then boom, like uh, just here recently, my kids are adjusting because my husband works out of state. So he is here three days a week and he's gone four days out of the week. And so it's always an ever ending um, situation where you're evolving. You can never really get comfortable. And so with healing, you're thinking about, okay, when I make a decision, how is this going to affect me? How is it going to affect everybody else? And then how are we going to heal through this? You know, so this allows us a place to come from empathy and compassion and deal with the real issues so that everybody can grow from the experience. And so that's the last letter for healing. That's powerful. And you know, the thing is, this is an acronym that it's so great because you think about those things in your life, you know, that you connect to and you go, oh, well, that's easy to remember. I can do that. And so Mm -hmm. for this, though, you live this and that's part of your brand as America Supermom is you, Mm -hmm. you've lived this, you teach it, you're living it again through the changes Mm -hmm. that you're going through and, and having to kind of repurpose your brand, right? Mm -hmm. you can be a mom. You've been a mom several times over. And so for mm-hmm. many people that are saying, I want to start over, I want a fresh start. I want to be able mm-hmm. to find my value in myself today and say, mm-hmm. how does that connect? Right. I love, mm-hmm. I love the R because when you reflect and connect, that yeah. really starts to propel you into how you mm-hmm. find your tribe and how you start to learn things mm-hmm. differently. And so mm-hmm. girl, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I love you too. So uh, glad that we're connected. Okay. This is just on more than one level. This is great. Yes, more mm-hmm. than one level. I um, man, I look at the time and I go, woo! This is uh, this, I really, really, really appreciate you. And I want to be able to have not just my Indiana group, right? Our groupies that are following mm-hmm. us from all over. But how, mm-hmm. how do people connect to you, Lachelle? What, you've done so many interviews and you've got so many things that, that you've posted and that people can connect to you and follow your story and support you. Mm-hmm. So tell my listeners, how do we find you and, and, and what do you need from us? Yeah, actually, uh, the best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook or uh, LinkedIn. Those are really my uh, most active places that I, I'm on. Uh, I like that because people can just send me like a direct message through messenger and things like that. Um, Basically what I'm working on now is the mental wellness movement. And so I really want to do something impactful to the point where people are able to check in with themselves mentally. So, you know, if you are struggling with um, depression or anxiety, you know, knowing the warning signs from yourself. So in my case, I was functionally depressed. So I'm doing all these other things. And it was my husband that said, look, this is, you're doing some crazy stuff, you know, and each of the uh, times that I was hospitalized, it was him saying, you know, we need an intervention. So there are ways that we can kind of gauge for ourselves, you know, what is our pattern? What are some of the triggers? What are the things that we're doing? So I'm really trying to fine tune uh, something along those lines. But for right now, I'm just opening up a dialogue about it. Mm-hmm. So I try to do things uh, that are free through my podcast online, you know, answering questions through Facebook so that people can begin to get this dialogue. And it's uh, helpful because people don't want to remove their mask. They don't feel safe enough to, you know, they feel like I'm struggling with this, but Nobody else is going to understand. So trying to break down the barriers that keep us where we're isolating ourselves when all of us are still suffering from the same thing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 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 So we can go. So you've got uh, a website, LachelleAdkins.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we can find you there. We can find you on Facebook. We can find you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I really want to encourage people to follow your journey because 
it is, you know, the H in fresh is about healing. And, Mm -hmm. and so what you take people through on this journey, you know, they really need to just kind of show up, find out, connect to you, and you can really help people just kind of take that deep breath. Yes. And understand that it's the process, right? It's every day we have to lead our Mm -hmm. lives with success. And if we can just strategize on time management skills and starting Mm -hmm. to just take it apart a little bit at a time, we can find that success in our lives. Absolutely. And, you know, the biggest obstacle is just to get started. See, that's the thing. You know, so we have all these distractions and all these obligations that keep putting things off. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, you're in a weight loss journey. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to stop this uh, eating these snacks or whatever. And the next time I go to the store or whatever, we always put things off. But if you just make it so small that you just get started, okay, I'm just going to drink more water today rather than thinking you got to reinvent the wheel about beverages knowing that you have a refrigerator full of soda or something. I mean, you know, that's just kind of how we do. So we self-sabotage and we make it okay to do that. But once we begin to be in a more um, authentic dialogue about that, then we can begin to start really implementing just little things that end up having a big impact if we just do it a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Gosh, Lachelle, thank you for coming on Everyday <laughs> Leaders. This has been really a wonderful journey, and uh, I so appreciate you. I can't wait to connect you live and give you a huge hug yes. real soon. I know. Real soon. Yes. And yeah, because you have your stomach coming up. And yes. Chip is going to be there. So yeah, uh, hopefully we can connect on one of these events that you do. And uh, I wish you the best with that summit. And um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to do great things and impact a lot of people. Well, that's the goal, right? And people like you that are helping me spread the word of encouragement and empowerment for people. I think that's what we've got yeah. to do as our tribe and and to really invest. Yeah. So I lift you up today. I celebrate you. I thank you mm-hmm. for being an everyday leader in life, Lachelle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I am just honored to be here. And I look forward to us collaborating on even more things in 2020. Absolutely. Have a great year. All right. You do the same. Thanks. The second annual Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to the University of Indianapolis, Saturday, February the 29th, 2020. Use this one extra day in 2020 to invest in you. This year's theme for the Leadership Summit is Change the World. So join us on Saturday, February 29, 2020, in the Health Pavilion to gain the inspiration you need to change the world. Get your tickets now, as there will be limited seating. Go to everydayleaders.com, and let's change the world together. This has been a Joe Studios production.